Hey everybody, back to another, for the first time in a kind of long time, first run bald movie, uh, courtesy of Bill and Ted, who are facing the music at theaters nationwide-ish, if, if you want to brave the plague, or it's direct to video, available many, many outlets, uh, our outlet of choice was uh, the Bezos Empire, Amazon, and uh, of course, this is a 2020 movie. It's directed by Dean Parasot, who has not really directed a lot outside of uh, television episodes. Um, it was written by Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, which are the original OG Bill and Ted writers wrote pr- the previous two excellent and bogus adventures. It cost a cool $25 million to make. It runs a brisk 88 minutes. It reunites Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. Jim... What did you think of Bill and Ted Face the Music? What's your relationship with the original material, uh, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, so I have not seen either of those movies very many times. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen Bogus Journey. Uh, but really? I, I've seen Excellent Adventure a couple of times. and I actually watched it again last night just in prep. And I kind of wish I had watched Bogus Journey as well. Um, after seeing this film, I think it would have provided a little bit of context. Uh, and I won't mm. say much more than that because it'd probably be spoilery. Uh, but I really enjoyed this. I thought it had all the same energy and feel of, you know, one of the older uh, Bill and Ted movies just brought into the modern era. And it's got uh, a message that I think we could all stand to hear right now, frankly. Um, yeah, I was I was real happy. I thought the actors slipped back into those roles admirably well, considering it's 30 years later. Uh, and they are much older. Not just that, but like I was amazed at how much Keanu and Alex do act because you know they've obviously grown a lot as actors. Yeah, um, and b- being involved, uh, Alex more behind the the camera, Keanu um, in front of it. But like they've developed so much more in their craft that like they give excellent Bill and Ted performances, but excellent in like Bill and Ted dealing with some truly heavy things. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, um, uh, the, the like the way the high school Bill and Ted would get bummed out over a minor reversal, you know, you've got like 10 times heavier if like, I don't know, your dog gets ran over, right? Uh-huh. Uh, or like if, if you hear Which your mom happened. got diagnosed yeah. or, or you're, you hear your mom gets diagnosed with cancer. And like Keanu Reeves absolutely does a few takes of Ted dealing with that kind of angst in a belief. Like, I'm like, that's exactly how. Bill and or Ted would react in these situations. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was such it's just amazing that you can not, not only step into the role, but the role kind of organically evolves with you. And I don't want to spoil anything because it's a treat. It's a real treat to watch this. Uh, but they also do a lot of evolution of the characters within this film. Uh-huh. And every single one of them feels very grounded and believable and kind of cool in its way. I... I saw, I've seen Bill and Ted's bogus adventure, I don't know, two or three times. Um, but excellent adventure. There was a summer where my babysitter, who was my, my, also our next door neighbor, um, put this on twice a day sometimes. Um, this thing span, spun all the time. And we quoted it and we thought it was hilarious. And um, I, it's, I have got a lot of affection for it. Um, Keanu Reeves, it took me a long time to take him seriously as an adult in anything because I always just saw him as as Ted. And of course, you know, he kind of leans into some of that uh, yeah. a lot, too. But I, I just love that those movies still have a huge amount of affection. I think they hold up pretty well. 
And I f- was almost from frame one, big smile on my face. There's a couple times where I tensed up and I'm like, uh, these girls, uh, Samara Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne, uh, or I guess the, the, the uh, Bridget is, is identifies as non-binary. She's there. They, but they, uh, there's a couple times where I'm like, man, I don't know. Cause this is a hard thing to do mm-hmm. playing someone this stupid, but fundamentally good and decent and not making them like laughing at them. Uh, is a hard thing to pull off with the quirky, weird physical comedy. And there's this one point where, you know, Bridget turns to Samara just like Ted would and delivers a classic like, you know, well, have you thought of this ridiculous solution with this like supremely confident look on their face? I'm like, oh, my God, they fucking nailed it. And from the rest of the movie, it was just an enormous amount of fun watching them, you know, interact with their parental units and historical figures and Bill and Ted's wives being adult as a hoot. It's just it's just a lot of fun. And as you said, surprisingly resonant message at the end, which I, I don't yeah. know, we'll probably get into. Yeah, they, they um, brought back so many of the actors to um, kind of surprised. I, I don't know if they screen tested them or what, or <laughs> maybe these people, you know, didn't make it to 2020. I don't know. But the wives uh-huh. are not the same actors, obviously, from doesn't, the original. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they got the same dad. Um, mm-hmm. Bill mom. Ted's dad is the same person. Mi- yeah, the mom. Missy comes back. Right. <laughs> Who now, there's a, the wedding scene that they open with is amazing, Dude. I thought. I, like, yes. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it again, but man, it's so funny. Um, it just really the is. The way that they play with that Missy uh, dynamic. Uh, and and I thought that's why I, I really relaxed in coming into that scene because, like, yes, this is exactly bill and ted as i remembered it's so yeah. stupid but understandably so uh-huh. like oh right if you had that particular screw loose that's exactly how you'd see it or look at it and they're just you know that's the thing like I, red letter media did a pretty interesting retrospective on them this week and I, I i like those guys so i checked it out and uh you know they pointed out that like bill and ted like in the 80s usually when you had characters like this these kind of misfit characters, they'd always be portrayed as like bullied or picked on or they'd be kind of resentful or whatever. But these guys are just like, you know, no one's fucking with them at school. They're just kind of vibing to their own beat, man. And they're just, they're good dudes. They don't really get down on anybody. Um, They get outrageous. They get righteously outraged that, some injustices from time to time, but like they're, they're, they're decent people. They, They almost seem obliviously above it all. Like, yeah, in a way where like it's they're almost living in their own world, which is part of what makes Bill and Ted so great. I saw one headline called them the delusional optimist optimists we need now. And like, yeah, yeah that's that's kind of it that they are, you know, not in an off putting way, but mm. they're just they're 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 very happy and persistent uh, dudes. So, yeah. If you like, I, I, and now on the other hand, if you are like, don't have any good fond memories of Bill and Ted and you're going to this movie, just like, I just want to see what all the the hubbub is about. I don't know what this movie will offer you. Um, I have no I idea think how it, I would react. I think it holds up at two in like an adult sense of humor. I mean, obviously, but like the Bill and Ted characters themselves are so bizarre that it could be off putting in the same way like Rick Sanchez's 
you know, some people just can't get past his vocal effect on Rick and Morty. The first few episodes, like this guy's burping and he's got puke running out of his mouth and he's farting all the time to have hard pass. Yeah. Like, I mean, when I these can characters see... were created, they, that was part of a, a counterculture, you know, skater kind of uh, garage band West Coast aesthetic right now. Yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. So these characters would be sort of odd relics of a past that I'm not sure a lot of younger people would remember even. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And and it's it's kind of even like a culture that didn't ever really exist. Like this this is almost like surfer skate culture merged with you know, hair metal uh yeah, grunge yeah. culture. Uh-huh. But it feels like and then maybe this is also from the Midwest it felt authentic because I didn't know that that's kind of a two juxtapositions of culture. It's just two kind of weird, cool things that I knew people did, and it's all fused together. Maybe yeah. that's why it's kind of felt universal. Like, you know, Bill and Ted weren't from your high school, but maybe the high school across the way that you knew about yeah. uh, where people talk this way. And so, But, yeah, do we, do we have any other non-spoiler thoughts we want to... The the effects are a lot better in this movie. Um, yeah, and in it, some ways that makes them worse to me. Yeah, I don't know how you felt, but there, there's this particular scene where they they land in a location. Uh, I don't think it's any big surprise to say they time travel in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And they land in a location, and it just looks wrong. It looks fake. Um, somehow, like having a bigger budget and more CG and effects work made it look worse to me. Hmm. I'd have to see what you're talking because like most and I, I'm, I, but it's kind of almost like because um, I, I was going along with yes the effects are better but it's almost like if you gave Doctor Who 10 times the effects budget it's you know it's not like Doctor Who get 10 times better because that's not whatever that's not what the show is about that's not what you know Bill and Ted is not about tight plots or time travel mechanics that make sense or finer points of causality or anything like it's just none of this stuff literally makes sense you know it's just like that these guys are having a, it's just they're having an excellent adventure man and you're either yeah. in you're either into it or you're not uh and i was super into it all right well that's that's our spoiler free take so if you are coming on further you need to have seen bill and ted face the music because if you haven't we're just going to they're going to ruin all the surprises for you and you'll feel you'll feel real real bad. Um okay, let's start. That wedding was yeah. a hell of a lot of fun. Oh yeah. The having Bill narrate the chain of custody of Missy, Kissy Missy, <laughs> yep. Kissy Miss, Missy as she worked her way through the fam the family of both Bill and Ted to become <laughs> To become Ted's father's father somehow. Somehow, was, yeah. He was his own son. Uh, it, it's it's ridiculous. I couldn't even follow it. Like, I didn't bother going like, okay, well, does this make sense? But, like, you're supposed to do that with most of the movie. D- does this make sense? No, who cares? Keep going with it. Uh, yeah, but it was hilarious when, when they... It, she became both of their dads and then also their... Bill's sister, or sorry, Ted's sister, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, and also Bill's oh, dad's right, right. mother. <laughs> yeah, is I mean, you've seen this stuff in other movies before, right? Where they do this mix up, mixed uh, crazy marriages lead to crazy relationships. Yeah, uh, but this one was particularly good. I thought. 
No, I thought it was I thought it was really entertaining and it's a great way to reintroduce all the characters who are coming back. Uh, it's also a great way to establish they showed how like wild st- stallions did actually make it, but they turn out to yeah. be kind of like one hit wonders that unlike other one hit wonders that kind of dissolve away, they because they think they are the key to the future have to keep plugging. So they have this kind of montage of them falling, falling, falling until they open up and they you know, they're they're doing this music thing for the I, I thought their song with the throat singing and the bagpipes, all that stuff was actually entertaining. God. It's terrible. And they it's terrible. Well, you know, that's the thing. It's like I kept on wondering, okay, how are they going to do this greatest song in the world business? Right. And they come up with a satisfying way to do it, but that's and when they first started firing that up in the wet. I'm like, I wonder how they're going to do that because that's a, that's a famously hard problem writing good music, let alone something that's potentially the greatest thing you've ever heard. Well, I feel like um, they, 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 they made a, a damn good stab at it uh, in tenacious D fashion by hiring David Grohl. Like th- it's true. That's the but thing. All, like, and just I, I make like it every tribute. movie that says we have the best, greatest song in the universe has to yeah. have Dave Grohl in it. Well, I think that's an, a deliberate homage. It's right? gotta be. Gotta There's got to be the, the 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 second time that you steal the greatest song in the world that Dave Dave Grohl is uh, uh-huh. is involved with it. There's another one. Um, the fact uh, th- am I crazier? The fact that this is exactly 88 minutes long is also a nod to Back to the Future. Is it 88? Oh, that's perfect. It could be. Yeah. I, I mean, like I wouldn't be surprised, and I've only seen this movie once because that's the way first run movies work. Um, but, but I wouldn't be surprised when the Blu-rays of this come out that there's just all kinds of Easter eggs to time travel and stuff. Like there's going to be like Daleks in hell and all kinds of other stuff. Um, but they also introduce uh, Samara Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne. Samara Weaving, do you remember, number one, is Hugo Weaving's niece. Oh, is she? Agent okay. Smith and uh, Elrond mm. uh, of uh, Scientology fame. <laughs> She's niece of his. And we recently saw her as the gun girl. The hit woman from Guns Akimbo with Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember that movie that well. <laughs> she is also a stone cold clone of Jillian Jacobs, or am I wrong? Jillian from Jake. the, 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 the blonde from community. Uh, yeah. Very similar looking. Yeah. I can't like they've literally been pressed from the same mold. It's incredible. I know I've seen uh, her in other plays, things too. She plays Bill's uh, uh, a daughter. Which what is her? What is her fucking name? Billy. Bill's daughter's name is Thea, and, and Ted's daughter. daughter's name is Billy. Oh, did they name their kids after each other? Each other, yeah, they did. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. So I've got my throughout this, I got that that note wrong because I, I thought I think they that's named true. it. Then, then, it, it makes perfect sense because they're so, super fucking enmeshed with each other. Right, right. So I believe it either way, to be honest. It makes sense that they named each other after or named their children after themselves. It works either way. Um, but no, I I thought they were I, I thought they were really good doing the bill. Because the thing is, is you have to commit utterly. You can't let the, mas- the the mask ever slip and look like that you don't take this serious or you think this is ridiculous. And these these actors fully commit to the kind of like shoulders thrown back and kind of standing kind of crooked and like, you know, dude, like they, they commit to every single bit of the physicality of the performance. 
And some of the the part where I said in the non-spoiler section that kind of relaxed and thought that these people had it made is when they turn towards uh, the Bill's daughter, I guess, which is Thea. Yeah. And and they were saying, like, you know, how are we going to get Jimmy to come back with us? Because they don't, they, you know, the, we're putting this great, this great band, but they don't know us from anybody. And uh, I guess it would be Thea turns towards it and says, well, okay, how about we get someone who he has heard of? Which is a logical way to address it, but you're just kicking the can down the next road that, like, Louis Armstrong's going to have even far less of any kind of frame of reference to to be intrigued by you. It's really stupid. They deliver it exactly the way Ted would in the first movie, and they have a novel way to get Louis Armstrong kind of in on it that that works in the the frame of 2020. A cell yeah, phone, yeah. which would amaze someone from like 1915 or whatever it is in the first place, and something that I believed utterly is that all of these famous historical music figures would be absolutely amazed and interested in like hearing their influences in real life. Or like if you went back to Mozart and yeah. you gave him a Louis Armstrong performance, they would immediately understand like, oh my God, this is something cool. This is something different. This is something of I don't admit maybe that's bullshit, but I really liked how they played that. Like all these musicians across time are kind of fans of each other in a real weird way. Yeah. Yeah. But that really tickled me. And Shoulders that's, that's what I knew. That's what I knew this movie is going to be. Cause I, 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 I th- I thought Bill and Ted crushed it right away. Yeah. But uh until they actually started their time travel with the uh their children, that's when I was like, Oh yeah, this thing's this thing's firing on all Bill and Ted cylinders. Uh another scene I really love is when they go uh the first time they time travel forward to try and find you know, get the song from themselves, um, and they mm-hmm. end up in this banquet hall at a motel. I, I don't know what it is. Um I forget, but they're they're playing shitty concert. They try and run out the back, and then they have this discussion about like the future Bill and Ted telling the past Bill and Ted about their future events, and vice versa. And like it's it's the it's that moment in like Excellent Adventure where you know they talk about the keys. Um, except at this point, like you're so familiar with that scene that you don't want another like oh here's a tricksy time thing we can do. You just want these characters telling each other what happened in their lives and what's going to happen in their lives and just yeah. getting it all out on the table. I thought that was just a great moment. Oh, and how they're just like, man, you're fucking, you're, you're, didn't, they would never swear like that. You're, you're a dick bag, Ted. And it's like, oh yeah, well, you're the one that lost your wife. What? It's just this, these <laughs> yeah. giant haymakers being thrown rhetorically by both sides and they both have glass jaws because they're easily amazed and taken aback at the most minor setbacks. So when you throw that, they're losing their wife and kid. It's I and think they just it's, go and it, everything's yeah, cool again, right? Like yeah, it's like, but it's it's really hysterical. And yeah. you know when like Keanu Reeves came in and said, uh, you know, Bill, uh, I was down at the music store and they offered me sixty five grand for my Les Paul, mm-hmm. and I'm like. This is Keanu Reeves using every bit of the things he's learned as an actor to play a guy like Ted going through like some heavy shit. Yeah. And the way they plus it, it it cracked me up. I was thinking because I kept on thinking of you and me in this picture. It's like, you know, what if bald move like sputters out and we descend into uh, an anonymity and like how long do we try to keep the flame alive? And I like when they got to this point where it's like, what about the fans? I was actually thinking as I could see that conversation going like, well, you know what? 
I talked to I talked to Freddie and Michelle, and they said they'd understand. And <laughs> D, we haven't heard from for years or something like that. Right. But but those conversations just I thought were hilarious because they were recognizably Bill and Ted. They're just twenty five years older. Yeah. Um, and they got a little bit more to lose, and oh, the stakes are a little bit higher, and I, that just continued to, to to crack me up. Yeah, and that, that spirit s- of like you know stubborn refusal to to give up on a dream, right, or give up on a it's almost a yeah. lifestyle they're trying not to give up on. Um, right. Except now it has some urgency because they're supposed to unite the entire world. Uh, right. Twenty five years later, they're still. Lines. You know they're still gung ho about it. Like I, I feel uh-huh. like until that session where they they sit down with or you know stand up whatever talk to them their future selves, uh, they don't even think that it's not possible that they'll write this thing right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they it's keep trying. And I there, there's something admirable but admirable about the stupidity and the stubbornness of that. Uh, just yeah. sort of following whatever that dream is down that road forever. You know, yeah, uh, and, and it seems to have worked out for them pretty well so far. Like, they've got two wives who they clearly love, and they love them, and they've got two daughters who clearly love them, and they love. Like, what's well, yeah, wrong the with the lives they're, they're leading? They're not lazily going after it. Like, that's no. the, one of the brilliant things about the wedding scene is they established that they are like desperate to evolve some sound. Like, they're not just lying back under. <laughs> Even that's clearly all they care about. They're like got a theremin in there right. and bagpipes and. Even though they kept that throwing themselves at the work and keep doing this and doing this and doing this, it hasn't been at the detriment of their their family right. life because their wives are not upset that they have been stay at home dads and done a fantastic job of it because these kids like legit feel like they their parents have their backs and they're loved and all that kind of stuff, which we're going to get to as the theme of the movie. They're only upset about how like unhealthily enmeshed and kind of obsessed they are with the fact that they have to keep doing this stuff. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, you know, there's a little bit, like I said, they're, you know, the, the I, I thought the the couples therapy scene where they're like, you know, Bill, and, we we think you guys are just the most bodacious. We we love you so much. And it's like, well, can you try using your I statement? OK, OK, OK. Ted and I love you very much. That's just and, the, the you know, again, uh, Keanu and Alex, like the, the triumphant looks on each other's faces. Yeah. As they fail to clear this very low bar, but are highly impressed with the, their 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 that was excellent, dude. Yeah. Oh man, I just, I just I couldn't say it better. It's I don't. That's that's a kind of a dumb joke, but it lands every yeah. fucking time. They need it to. Um, yeah, yeah. I want to spoil another piece of casting. Anthony Kerrigan, Noho mm-hmm. Hank from Barry, is this killer robot from the future, which I thought when I, because I'm like, who is the fuck is this guy? And Amazon X-Ray makes it, you just can find out right away. And I'm like, oh, interesting. I wonder if this is just stunt casting or what. No, they take full advantage of how ridiculous he can be. I thought his insecure ro- killer robot from the future in hell routine mm-hmm is was funny and the more you found out about it the funnier it, it gets like this uh um complicated relationship between the daughter of rufus's mom and rufus's mom sent him back to kill villain ted and it's named after her ex-boyfriend and like there's a whole bunch of funny social interactions with this robot that makes sense the more you find out about all the context of it yeah. I just this guy is just really fucking funny, man. Yeah, I love Anthony Kerrigan. Uh, if you haven't seen Barry, his NoHo Hank is 
spectacular. Uh, and and it's this, this so is good. You know, this is a different character. It's not like he's playing the same no. character here. He's playing it's a very so different. different one with just as much uh, gusto and just as much flair. So, and the yeah. thing is, is I feel like these kind of insecure characters could be really grating, but he and it, it all comes down to like physicality and timing. Yeah, like the way he precisely times the like awkward interruptions and in conversations, the way he like overstays the uh, his, his welcome in any kind of like social setting, the way that Bill and Ted, who are the nicest guys ever, are constantly having to kind of like, all right, everybody, let's hear it for the murderous robot so we can get off the fuck off the stage. Um, you know, these guys are like famously not super socially observant, right? But even they are on a whole other level from this, right? This robot. Uh, and just like, yeah, the fact I I just love the movie's internal humor with like the fact that like, yeah, why is this robot in hell? The demon's like, is this, was that a robot in hell? Do you remember robots? And and then they're all just like, ah, it doesn't matter. The movie says it doesn't matter. Just go with it because it's fun and it's excellent, you know, uh, which is cool. I'm totally cool with that. Uh, the other thing, like the interactions that Kristen Shaw has with that robot are really good too. Like when they go to hell and she's talking to her mom on the phone and like, you see, you know, yeah. th- that whole relationship is good and then the robot comes up and tries his bullshit with her and she's like no yeah. no yeah yeah because that's, that's funny and then you find out that's because she's he's named after her ex-boyfriend uh, and like that's fucked up and i also i love the like well mom i'm in hell so did your killer robot plan work oh it didn't yeah. like it's <laughs> the the metaphysics allow these like just supremely bitchy but funny conversations to take place yeah. Oh, oh my God. I also love the the woman who plays the therapist whose name I don't know. Yeah. Uh, she's always funny and everything I've seen her in. Isn't she in? Yeah, uh, she was in Legally Blonde. She was in um, Work. What's that? Workaholics. Um, Workaholics. Yeah. It's maybe where I and first she was, saw her. She played some delusional mom and something else that I really, really appreciated lately, too. But when the time um, traveling starts happening uh, or the yeah. you know reality shifting and someone appears in her office from another time and she just runs uh, down the hall screaming, yeah. no. Yeah, because yeah. that's the other thing is that this couples therapy, it goes from conventional like, oh, these are like weirdly enmeshed people. But then like, uh, oh, you know, we love our wives. They're princesses. Like, oh, well, that's an interesting choice of words. And they both turn with English accents. Oh, no, we're actually princesses from the uh-huh. 14th century. And like her. So then I'm just thinking of her like in this clinical setting. Right. It, it just gets funnier and funnier. Like now it's like, oh, my God, I'm dealing with four fucking psychopaths <laughs> with like this profound disassociative states and delusions and, <laughs> and and then george washington appears on her couch and it's like oh my god and she literally runs screaming from the office so yeah she's broken some of these interactions that bill and ted have with their older self um like i like the when they hold like their older selves hold them at gunpoint and Bill and Ted are like, oh, bogus. You don't have to hold us a gunpoint, dude. I'm like, yeah, we do, because if we put our guns down, and then as soon as they do out of frame, they start running away. Oh, man, you're right, Ted. Uh, it's, and the God, bucket, it's funny. And the buckets on the head later in that scene are <laughs> hilarious to me. Like, that bucket scene really got me. I don't know why. Uh, the, the Them showing up and being prison swole because of the mm. direct result of the last interaction. And them trying to like thinking that this they're just desperately even in prison trying to write the greatest song because it's this is this is their fucking their Ahab they're lashed to this whale whale they're taking it serious they can't get away from it yeah um I thought that was really funny um 
the 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 George Carlin tribute was tasteful. You know, yeah. didn't like make it. It's it's been a while. Uh, they didn't like really dwell on it, but just the fact that there's like a little shrine set up with him and the original phone booth, which then becomes a plot point, I thought was yeah, uh, it's like, really nice. If you liked them bringing uh, Tupac back in hologram form live on Coachella stage or whenever they did that, you'll like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought some of the music stuff worked really well, like the Mozart Hendrix uh piano concerto dual slash electric guitar riff off okay uh, I, I got a bone to pick with this stuff oh this is the only okay. really the only complaint i have about this movie is it didn't quite get to the heights that it got to in bill and ted's excellent adventure i like i remember mm. um from you know having watched it yesterday that mall scene uh in excellent adventure where you know beethoven is thrashing away on four different keyboards and you've got Napoleon in the food court doing his thing. And you've got, you know, so Khan is doing some kind of crazy martial arts expi- exhibition. Yeah. It's smashing up, uh, you know, mannequins in the sporting goods store, like <laughs> finding aluminum baseball bat. It's the world's perfect club, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's light. It's durable. Uh, uh, they get to such dizzying heights of chaos in that scene that I wish they had gone for something very similar here. I feel like they're trying to go for a similar feel, but they've only got two musicians in the, in the story so far. And I I felt like they didn't quite nail that part the way I wanted them to. Um, And and maybe it would have helped if they had gone around and done like, you know, the, the historical tour before that, where they had gone and, you know, in the original in Excellent Adventure, they're going around and okay, maybe they talk like Billy the Kid and Socrates into the phone booth, but then they're just grabbing people and pulling them in from history, <laughs> right. right? And so yeah. you've got this this cacophony of of sound and visuals that happens during that scene that I wish they had come closer to. I appreciate it. I, I'm a pretty big fan of Kid Cudi, and he's gotten some interesting work of late. He did. Uh, he had a pretty important role, a side role in uh, Westworld this season. And oh, right. here, I just love how they just um, he's a musician, musical talent that also is versant in just crazy quantum and space time <laughs> mechanics. Yeah. I thought that was just like, yeah, I, I, I buy that Kid Cudi can just, you know, r- rattle off that shit. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. Uh, the man in the moon. And they use it to kind of uh, lampshade the the fact that none of this time travel stuff makes sense. Oh, Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's not even like back to the future level of yeah. horseshit. It's just, and you know, as as is tradition, like the third act of this film is just utterly ridiculous. Like, I, mm-hmm. and I kept on thinking, like, all right, well, because that's that's my criticism, such as it is of all these films, is like the the last the last little act is almost irrelevant. Like they wanted to do the rest of the film and now they just have to bring it to an end. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh yeah, well has send Bill and Ted to go to infinite times of the galaxy and teach everyone to sing this thing simultaneously. And, but then I'm like, like as it started happening, I'm like, well, this is actually kind of nice. Like the message they're saying here, it's like, yeah. it, it's not, it's not how great the song is. It's that we're all doing it together. Yep. And then there's also something satisfying about these guys' destinies was just to be good dudes and have good children that they loved and supported unconditionally, by the way, teaching their previous generation the error of their ways. And that's like, they didn't have to blow up the Death Star. They didn't have to write the song. They just had to be present and and be good parents. And they did that. Yeah, be excellent to each other. 
yeah like i i i almost got choked up over it as a <laughs> as a as a parent myself like yeah man that's all that's that's right. the only thing that's really important and they took care they, they took care of their business and if they had gone about it to excess like become crazy famous musicians that got sidetracked by sex and drugs and rock and roll maybe they wouldn't have been yeah. uh I, I don't know, man. I, I I thought this movie, I did not expect it to have that much heart. I expected it to be funny and in like a su- stupid, absurd way, which it's actually way above my expectations. I thought this would be yeah. kind of like light chuckles and snorts. I, I actually laughed my ass off once or twice um, and had a big smile on the entire movie. Yeah, I was worried that this thing wouldn't hold up. Uh, at all like I, I i really didn't know how you go about making a bill and ted movie in 2020 and having it we've feel seen it like happen bill a lot ted. right you know star wars yeah. comes back and oh goddamn star trek comes back and like well that's a that's a different thing but it's not yeah. the the same thing and this is the exact same thing you know it's bill and ted they're 25 years older yeah it's, and... it's modernized but it's still actually bill and ted I'm, I was very impressed with the vibe of this movie. And I, I really liked them going back to death and recruiting him and like the idea that death kind of yeah. became this prima donna and obsessed with bass solos and mm-hmm. the fact that the band broke up but there's two sides to every story that Bill and Ted's kids had to kind of broker uh, in the way that Bill and Ted themselves had to broker but disputes between historical figures at times is just really... Yeah, it was really satisfying. I think that's the same death. I didn't get this. The guy uh-huh. didn't get the chance to look up. It's the same death guy too. Yeah, William Sadler. He's he's great. Doesn't seem like he aged much, but then again, I guess he's wearing pancake thick layers of death pancake man uh, makeup. Yeah, uh, in both in both movies. Oh, but- and the other thing that they do that I think nicely ties the theme together uh, at the end is they have this uh, super cut, this post or not post credit sequence. Sorry, the the pre-credit sequence or during the credit sequence where they're just showing, you know, videos around the world of people rocking out, you know, all different types of of people and different places. And did did they, did I miss it? Did they pull a a call to action for Bill and Ted fans around the world to do just kind of some kind of Bill and Ted air guitar thing? Because I was impressed by how representative it was. Uh Uh, And like, I'm like, well, maybe they had people send it in, but also the quality of the film was amazing. But then again, shit, what's his face? Uh, Didn't Fincher shoot a whole movie on an iPhone that we liked? Yeah. Quite a bit uh, a year ago. Yeah. And some of it's a a little rough. Uh, I think I caught Weird Al in there too at one point. Weird Al was absolutely playing accordion in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's Um, the perfect note to end on when your message is unity right bring the whole world Mm -hmm. together have this cool moment at the end of the film and i don't know it worked for me it worked for me too it made me happy it made me feel good and like it sounds crazy but i it lightened my heart in a lot the same ways that like the mr rogers stuff did and i think it's because bill and ted are fundamentally wholesome people like if you go back and there's a couple things that i winced at when i rewatched bill and ted uh, but yeah, it's one thing like, in particular yeah but but like if you grade it on a 1985 or 86 scale it's it's pretty clean you know um yeah and i can't imagine I, the original was any worse than a pg-13 certainly i got yeah i wonder if he, they did hit like dick wads and stuff like that a lot so probably they dropped the, the other f-word 
in that movie. Yes, which they did. That's the one me. that's the real red flag. Yeah, but I mean, said that's like, you know, as a person from I can sp- just speak for Midwestern teenagers, that was that was the thing that, that happened. Yeah, I mean, for sure, it's kind of embarrassing and cringy, and I'm sure like Keanu Reeves probably is embarrassed and cringed about that scene in particular. But you know, Bill and Ted learn and grow, as do we all. Um, but I, I really like that. The and also I was this kind of I didn't expect that the movie was ending and I was finished kind of like doing some of my notes and and writing down things I want to talk about and a post credit a wild post credit yeah. scene appeared which is a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I'll I'll let you stop it now because I think we're done. Are we done talking about the podcast? I think so. Yeah. Okay, well, then I just wanted to then, then stop it here if you haven't seen it and go back and watch it. But like, oh. I thought it was like just seeing Bill and Ted and this like nursing complex uh, rocking out one last time. Still got it. I think as both uh, Keanu and Alex play uh, guitar semi-professionally, right? Uh, I definitely know Keanu plays. Keanu had a band for several mm-hmm. years, but um, I, I thought they looked good years. doing it. And... Um, it was, it was like them in the old man makeup. I thought they both did a very good job of still being recognizably Bill and Ted, but just old as fuck. And what was your favorite Bill and Ted? Man, diluted English Bill and Ted. Cause that whole exchange uh, about the, you don't have to pull, well, you pulling a gun on us, dude. I thought that was so funny. And them also like the fact that they just nailed the confident, I mean, it, it's, it's great because they nailed the like delusional confidence. They like pulled off this perfect scheme. The Dave Grohl, greatest song in the world, like connection, like that whole sequence just worked really yeah. well together. Although Prison Swole B and T was was probably my second favorite. What about you? Oh, I, I definitely like the English, uh, you know, posh, <laughs> the posh versions of Bill and Ted. Uh, they, yeah. I don't know. There's something about it. It's mostly the outfits. Those outfits are spectacular. They I sure are. Them. They sure are. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's almost like Simpsons. Like what the Simpsons would dress a character that's supposed to look like that. It's just. It's like if Elton kind... John met Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band met. Yeah. With the little Rolling Stones in the mix. Led too. Zeppelin. Yeah. It's, it's. It's just like the perfect amalgamation of all all of rock. Oh, you know those those kid costume. toys where they they're like cubes and you could rotate it and you'd have like a bottom of a giraffe and then you'd have a body uh-huh. and then the head and you could make like a toucan on an alligator body with an elephant feet. Like that's yeah, except for it's all different like slightly different British musical influences. Mm-hmm. But that they just that that whole yeah, where we finally done it. Yeah, and we're we're vacationing back in medieval 14th century France or England or whatever. It's good. It's yeah. the best one, I think. All right. Bill and Ted face the music. I enjoyed the hell of hell out of it, and I hope you guys did too. Uh, we've got another first run movie coming up next week. Can you believe it? It's Charlie Kaufman's What is it, Jim? I've I'm thinking blanked of on the ending title. Things. I'm thinking of ending things. Uh really, really admire Charlie Kaufman's works. And it's gonna be out. That's a that's a Netflix original, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So everybody can watch it. You don't have to even pay up uh, 25 bones or whatever to watch it. Let's get over on Netflix. Uh, We'll have another first run movie next week on that subject. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. (laughs) 